Hello and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace. I'm Simone de Rochefort. I, imagine how freaking weird it would be if this were your first episode and you heard that. I'm so sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Simone de Rochefort. I'm a senior video producer at Polygon. And I'm here with Christina Warren, Senior Cloud Advocate at Microsoft, and Brianna Wu, Executive Director of Rebellion Pack. Um, so before we start back. the show, I have something to say. I have had a mystery that I've been trying to solve in our group chat for quite a while, and I think I've solved it. Okay. So, so Simone, just every once in a while in our group chat forever, I've been like, we've been playing the show, we're talking about whatever, and Simone's just like, yeah, whatever, bro. Yeah, sounds good, bro. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, is Simone watching a lot of Jersey Shore? <laughs> like what's going on it just occurred to me that sometimes when i type brie on my phone it autocorrects to bro <laughs> so that's what i think is going on is that accurate or are you just like really hyped up for jersey shore porque no los dos <laughs> <laughs> that has happened to me i i will admit that is a thing that has happened. It is a reality that I face every day if I choose to use your name when I address you, which I like to do. <laughs> Sometimes my phone is like, bro, I got you. <laughs> right. I was going to say, because I could actually see it going either way, right? Because like part of me, I'm like, no, I mean, you know, just call people bro, kind of like dude. It's one of those words. But then you mention, oh, the autocorrect thing. Okay, that that makes more sense. I do. I do use bro quite a lot. And recently I've started using bruh because uh, I've been watching a lot of <laughs> Curtis Connor YouTube videos uh, and I'm brain poisoned. Um, but we're not here to talk about my viewing habits. We're here to talk about technology. <laughs> and uh, it's a big week for technology. Not only are we seeing new Xboxes and new Playstations, but we also, top of the show, had Apple's One More Thing event, where they, of course, as expected, announced new versions of the MacBook Air, the 13-inch MacBook Pro, and the Mac Mini, which, of course, have their new ARM-based chip. And that chip is called the M1. Uh, it is the, the chip that they are making now after switching over from Intel uh, for their MacBook chips. It's a 5 nanometer chip with an 8-core CPU and an 8-core GPU. It's going to be in that MacBook Air. It's going to be in the Mac Mini. It's going to be in the 13-inch MacBook Pro, uh, which is replacing the current entry-level MacBook Pro. That's the model with only two ports which is, again, a complaint that I have still to this day. But <laughs> we're not here to talk about that. Uh, they are also debuting uh, tomorrow, Thursday the 12th. Uh, we're recording this on a Wednesday. They're debuting macOS Big Sur, which is the new OS that's designed to work with this new chip uh, built from the ground up to interact with it as it does. Uh, and I think we... You guys had some reactions to to people talking about this. What do you think so far? 
A really impressive event overall. Uh, It hasn't been verified yet, but um, just as we were going to record this tonight, some alleged uh, Geekbench numbers have come out for some of these uh, for some of these uh, new M1 chips. Uh, We'll post a link to it in the show notes. I'll just say it 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 looks at first blush to be very impressive. That is, of course, not vetted. That that's actually that uh, laptop, and we we need to let actual reviewers run these numbers, but. Um, overall, I think it's, um, I was really impressed with the event. Um, and if these devices live up to Apple's claims, um, this is clearly the correct direction for Apple, uh, and the Mac to go. It's interesting. We are in that weird position right now, having, being, hmm, being recording, recording only the day after the event. Cause it's like what we have right now is essentially what Apple said, uh, mm-hmm. But they've said similar things about, like, say, the 2015 MacBook Pro, which did not live up to people's expectations of what a Pro machine would be. Um, and everything they're saying is very exciting. Like, they're saying these machines all have the best battery life ever. We've got, like, 20 hours of video playback on the Pro. Um, and, quote, I will quote here, better performance than the latest PC laptop chip, which is a pretty big, it's a big claim. They're making some really, really big claims. Yeah. um, So I'm kind of of two minds of this. On the one hand, uh, yeah, I mean, I think the raw numbers in the in the benchmarks, which, you know, are synthetic, are looking really positive. I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, uh, Dr. Ian Cutlass from um, Anantech kind of really take this thing apart and really do the analysis on this, because I think that that uh, now that uh, Anand works at Apple, which great hire Apple, by the way. Mm-hmm. He's he's probably the, the the best person who will be able to do like a very serious sort of analysis of, of the chip itself. I think there are a lot of really impressive things. I think that moving so much of the stuff onto the chip obviously can, can give them some really stellar numbers. I am skeptical about, I guess, maybe the real world, like, Claims and how how much this will actually make a difference in real world testing. Uh, I think the battery life improvements are the real thing that that should probably be highlighted and they're going after. The interesting thing there is that if you look at the the Ryzen four thousand series, you know, uh, laptop chips and and even the new um, Tiger Lake uh, laptop chips. Those are getting better battery life. I'm not claiming that they're going to be better than what Apple's doing. I'm sure that Apple that Apple Silicon is still going to be superior there. But it is it is sort of interesting that we are, you know, in this era where there are there is competition less from Intel, definitely more from AMD uh, on that end. I guess where my skepticism comes in, and I'm curious about you know both of you is uh, take is you know from the three devices that they they brought out. None of them are for me. That's the first thing I'll say. Yep. And so yep. I, the very first thing I'm going to comment on is that absolutely none of these are for me. Um, th- these are these are entry level machines, and um, that's fine. But anybody who is thinking that I can replace my 16 inch MacBook Pro, or I can even replace like my, you know, um, uh, maybe two or three year old Intel, you know, MacBook Pro, maybe you can, but we just don't know yet. And and I guess where my skepticism really comes into play is in two areas. One is with the the graphics, because they can claim integrated graphics all they want, but A, that doesn't really impress me that much. And, and B, the RAM. The RAM I have 
massive concerns about, if I'm being totally honest. I want, and I share that with, with B and the Ram. Can I talk about A for just a second here? Sure. Because I'm a thousand percent with you. So Apple does this thing often where, you know, they make these really broad claims at these keynotes. And, you know, one of the things is you've got this guy looking dead at the camera and he's like, Look, you, you traditionally have had to choose between you know, an external graphics card, which will use a lot of power. It's very inefficient. And, and traditional underpowered uh, integrated graphics on your chip, and that's not great. But here at Apple, we've mixed the two together and gotten the best of both worlds. It's like, how? How? How did you do that? Like, you don't have a good track record on this with your Macs at all. Right. At all. And Not there's even nothing close. on iOS that really pushes this stuff the way a real video game does. I'm sorry. Like, you, I remember, oh, don't even get me started on some of the Fire Axis games or Civ 5. That doesn't exactly run like butter on even my iPad Pro. <laughs> so. I want to believe you. I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm just saying citation fracking needed, right? Right. Um, I mean, am I wrong about that, Christina? No, not even remotely. I feel like you just activated. I, f- I feel like I said your Manchurian <laughs> candidate trigger word or something. <laughs> no, you did. No, I couldn't agree more. I mean, look, I-, I think it also kind of ignores like the reality of the situation. Again, like AMD and NVIDIA have been doing some really interesting stuff on the integrated front, uh, NVIDIA especially. And, and even like the latest, you know, Intel stuff looks impressive. Maybe not. Again, I, I will absolutely believe that Apple's will be better, but I feel like what they're talking about is Raw, you know, the kind of the, the oh, you have to make this choice thing is a false dichotomy, and it's and it's not a choice that people have really been making for a long time. I would also add the battery life obviously is a huge trade off here, and I'm not trying to claim otherwise. But ultra light like gaming laptops, Razer has made that their business for a number of years, where you can get really freaking powerful desktop class graphics cards in very small lightweight laptops. Now they have 230 watt power adapters and you maybe you're going to get two hours on them if you're going full speed. I'm not claiming that that is a a valid trade-off for a lot of people, but it does to me sort of like negate part of that argument, which, which seems to be like, oh, you know, you have to make a choice for like this, this really bad integrated graphic or, or, um, you know, have an external GPU. And it's like, no, not really. Um, <laughs> that, that, that's, that's not been the case. Now you have to tra- make trade-offs between battery life and maybe like the size of your power supply, but that's, that's the trade-off you're making. It's not about, to your point, Apple's the one who's had, you know, Iris Pro, terrible graphics and that's all they've done right you know it's it's it, the the rest of the industry like surpassed that years and years and years ago how about this christina like let's not forget the trade-off that they're making for freaking arm or you know the apple silicon in the first place okay which is you can't run x86 stuff on it anymore which is all the applications are games with impressive graphic performance. So it's <laughs> right. like, okay, how fast do I want freaking Final Fantasy War of the Visions, a game with characters that are maybe 400 poly to run on my phone? I'm very happy that that will run efficiently with the Apple M1 graphics. What the f- going to be playing on this machine that's going to tax it, that's coated in metal? 
I don't know what that is Nothing. because I don't think it exists. It doesn't exist, which, right. which I think was what was interesting. They showed off DaVinci Resolve uh, for um, uh, video stuff, which was impressive. And and again, this is kind of, um, you know, one of the good parts of, of Apple's design is that they're literally moving everything into the SOC. So they're doing everything within the chip itself rather than having separate processors. And so the way that it can decode and encode video is really, really impressive. And we've seen some of that same sort of performance from the iPad uh, up till now, and that's really good. The thing is, it's great that um, you know Blackmagic was able to get their code base updated. Presumably Final Cut will be updated as well. Uh, big elephant in the room is Adobe, <laughs> which is what and everyone this is uses. Where I start to suffer because, right. as you all know, my work laptop is currently mm-hmm. the uh, 15-inch 2015 MacBook Pro, and this this poor creature has been a, a workhorse for me. Um, she's dying, folks. She is tired. She wants to re- she wants to go to the field with the other MacBooks. Um, and like as I look ahead to December, where I'm going to be working remotely, or <laughs> we're all working remotely. I'm More going remotely. to be going to Washington. I'm not bringing my iMac on the airplane. Um, I'll be editing videos off of this laptop. So I am looking forward to probably upgrading work willing within a year or so. Um, I've been holding on to it because I'm lazy. Um, but that is predicated on Adobe getting all of its uh, Adobe mm-hmm. suite up and running on these laptops. And I, I definitely I read that Lightroom wasn't up and running yet. I don't care about that. Mm-mm. A lot of people probably do, though. Um, but definitely without Audition, Premiere, uh, and After Effects, a machine is useless for my workflow. And for it's great for Final Cut users, obviously. Hooray. But everyone else at my, on my team in my company uses the Adobe suite. So it's not like I, I really have an option to switch No, you don't over. have a choice. And I don't well, really want is, to because I like Adobe better. <laughs> well, right. And w- which is sort of my point. I was making this comment with, with some people I was kind of going to talk about things with yesterday and, you know, because uh, we're going to talk about the RAM, which I have massive issues with in a second. But people were talking about, oh, well, you know, if you use these apps and this thing and this and that, then then it'll be enough. And I was like, OK, if you live in an Apple bubble where the only applications you use have been coded natively in Swift or Objective-C or Swift UI or whatever, and the only, um, you know, you're only using Safari as your web browser and you're only using Apple optimized stuff, you know, like DaVinci Resolve or Final Cut or Motion for your graphics work, and and you're you, you're good using the Photos app for that. Yeah, things are going to be really good. Unfortunately, a that's not how most people work. I would say even the the most like fanboyish or fanboyish Apple users usually are not that all in. And b most people don't have a choice. Mm-hmm. Even if you would like to be all in on that, you don't have a choice. If you're a video editor, you're using, unless it is your own business and you get to choose, you are using what your company has either standardized on or what your clients expect. So yeah, it's awesome that Final Cut and DaVinci Resolve are going to have these features. Um, but until Adobe gets it, no one's going to care. And and like Newsflash, Adobe is the leader by leaps and bounds. It's not even like, it, it's like not even funny. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what we use at uh, Rebellion is Premiere. And I mean, Simone, just to really be honest, you're fracked. You're you're no, completely fracked. I no. mean, no, you are because this 13 inch laptop is 
I, I'm sure it will be fine. It It's going to be a great, like, it's going to be a really good, like, just normal work machine, like email, all that stuff. I don't think it's ready to be a pro no. laptop for the kind of video you do. Just wait till I'm editing my sick videos on my new iPad Air. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, which is which is sort of the irony, right? It's like, you know, I think that the great stuff you can do on the iPad, that the power of that ship, you'll you'll see it. But again, it comes down to the software stack. Can we right. talk about the RAM issues? Please talk about the RAM. Okay. So this is this is my breaking point. This is where I can't and you guys listeners know like I will spend money on anything. I can't <laughs> I can't rationalize spending $1500 on uh, either a, a laptop or a MacBook or a Mac mini rather that has a maximum of 16 gigabytes of RAM. I just cannot. Not 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 yeah. when we are almost at the end of 2020. And that yep. is the max that it can do. Worse than that, there are some interesting regressions. So uh the the port selection, for instance, they have Thunderbolt 3 ports and they're, what they're calling USB 4, that's really just saying Thunderbolt 3 because that's basically how USB 4 has been um redesigned. So it's not Thunderbolt 4. In fairness, the way Apple does Thunderbolt uh 3 is basically how other companies are going to be doing Thunderbolt 4. That's fine. But um, you're you're limited in terms of how many external displays you can have. It'll support one 6K display. Um, and, you know, uh, but but that's, you know, and I'm, I'm assuming, you know, multiple uh, HD displays. But the past models would support one 5K display and two 4K displays. This one, you're not going to be able to support two 4K displays, as far as I can tell. At least it's not in their tech specs, which I think is a pretty significant regression, mm-hmm. especially as more people are working from home. But the big thing for me is that the RAM is built into the is built into the SOC, and and that is seeming to be the bottleneck. And at 16 gigabytes, I'm not saying that for most users that's not enough. What I am saying is that in as we're almost in 2021, I feel like for something that is mid-range, which is what these machines are, that should be your floor, not your ceiling. And when you look at the fact that the previous MacBook Pros and, and even the Intel one, you can go up to 32 gigs of RAM. For the 16-inch, you can go to 64 gigs of RAM. You could go to 64 gigs of RAM on the older Mac Mini that has an eighth-gen Intel processor to then be like, okay, you're, you're maxed out at 16 gigs. A, I have some very real concerns about how that's going to handle day-to-day stuff now. But my bigger problem is, okay, what does this look like 18 months from now when, you know, you're now at that point where every machine that ships is going to be, even like the $500 ones are going to have 16 gigs of RAM. Because 16 gigs of RAM has been kind of like the, the max amount for the last five or six years we're at the end of that. So that to me is a real concern when I look about understanding that none of these machines are for me. But even when I look about like recommending these to people, I'm sort of hesitant because I'm like, well, Hmm. it depends on what you want to do. But a few years from now, I don't know how well this is going to perform because you have no upgrade options. and, And this is already, I feel like, at a place that that is, you know, smaller than it should be. 
I'm looking at my Mac Pro right now and just not even having an active project open, just having Premiere open and then just all my normal like work communication stuff open. I'm using 34 gigs of RAM currently in this thing. And I, I think you're dead on, Christina. It's it's just not enough. Certainly I could I could see it for the MacBook Air. Yeah. You know, for the Pro, hell no. It's just completely inadequate. And um I I I do want to say historically, though, if you remember that very first Retina uh, 15-inch MacBook Pro they put mm-hmm. out, that was a shaky product. <laughs> it <laughs> just was. Rev A's are always first, shaky. And the first-gen uh, Retina iMac Pro was a shaky product. And I don't think there's any shame in people like us going, you know what, I'm, I understand Apple's history here. I understand uh, who these machines are targeted for. Um, I'm just going to sit this out. Um, you know, like I tell you who I think this is for is, uh, my, uh, my father-in-law passed, uh, this, this weekend actually on Monday. And, um, you know, we were talking to his, uh, his partner and she wants a new laptop and I'm I'm really seriously thinking about going like she'd always like cheaped out on this $500 windows Mm. machine. And I'm like, the new MacBook air is perfect for someone like her. Like she wants to surf and open email and look at pictures and it's going to have amazing battery life and it's going to be cheap. I think that's kind of who this first draft of machines is made for. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. And, and first of all, like m- condolences to to you and your family and to Frank and we're so sorry for, for your loss. Um, it feels inadequate to even say those things like when we're talking about tech stuff, but, but you're, you're in our thoughts. But but I had the same kind of thought. I was like, this would be great for my mom. You know, I got my mom a MacBook Air two years ago, and so she doesn't need an upgrade. And and so that doesn't make any sense. Uh, I, I think I'm going to get both her and my dad new iPad Airs with the magic keyboards. But that does become kind of an interesting kind of thing. It's like, okay, this is who that would be for. Because this would be the perfect MacBook for my mom in a lot of ways. Great battery life. It will be able to run iOS apps in the future, which she would really enjoy um, you know, focused on the stuff that she does and that's it. Uh, and I think that that is a great machine for those target users. I think that where it gets squishy is if you start to want to go beyond that. And, and that's, you know, why saying that for me, it's not there. Although I, I am really excited to see the benchmarks. I'm really excited to see what the performance is like in other tasks. I'm excited to see what Rosetta 2's performance is like. Uh, I just wish, you know, that, uh, and 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 it's not even that I wish I wasn't expecting that they would have something for me. It's just I it was very, very quickly apparent to me when I was looking at the stuff. I was like, oh, OK, this is not going to be a machine that I can buy. But that that's OK. Um, you know, the the first Intel Macs were core. There was a, a mini that was a solo core solo and, and the other ones were core duos, not even the core two duos. And those were, you know, lagging behind. And then they pretty quickly updated those. So there's precedent for them kind of starting slow and then going bigger. Uh, I do have to say that I I couldn't stop laughing about the fact that they're pairing a $700 Mac mini with a $6,000 XDR display. Like in what universe, guys? Come on. Like Listen. In, in, in what universe? Like that's no. <laughs> Someone please help me, my family. Someone right. please help me balance this blood, this budget. Oh my God, I've been playing too much baseball. Um, I want to. How about the fact that they, that's what they were using in the chip lab downstairs for the video? And I'm like, 
you know, it's hooked up to the Mac Pro. And I'm like, look, I'm, I understand that if you're working on fab stuff, like you need a powerful machine. I get that even though EE stuff, uh, I mean, it can be high overhead, but it's not, it's, it's mostly math, right? But they've got that exact monitor, which is for video display professionals down there and precise color matching, which doesn't seem like something you'd really need in a fab lab that much. So I thought that was very funny. All right. This episode of Rocket is brought to you by Squarespace. Make your next move with Squarespace. It lets you easily create a website for your next idea with a unique domain, award-winning templates, and more. Maybe you want to create an online store, or maybe you want to create a portfolio, or maybe you want to create a blog. Squarespace is an all-in-one platform that lets you do just that. Just exactly that. There's nothing to install, no patches to worry about, no upgrades needed. You don't gotta worry about it. Squarespace has it covered. They have award-winning 24-7 customer support if you need any help, and they let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name so that your beautiful site can be appropriately branded. People can find it. They won't be like, What's that weird URL again? I didn't like it. It didn't make sense. They'll never say that. They'll be like, "That's what's that unique domain name? I remember it perfectly because it, it was so good. They chose it so well and Squarespace let them purchase it. So all of their award-winning templates are beautifully designed for you to show off your great ideas, which is also a good thing. I like when I'm in the wild and I find a Squarespace website and I'm like, I know you. I scroll down. I look to see, is that Squarespace website? I'm like, oh my God, They're, they can do so many things with them. Squarespace plans start at just $12 a month. But you can start a trial with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com rocket. And when you decide to sign up, use the offer code rocket to get 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. And to show your support for Rocket, once again, that is squarespace.com slash rocket and the code rocket to get 10% off your first purchase. Thank you, Squarespace, for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Squarespace, make your next move. Make your next website. Perfectly on pitch. Also, like that's the most important thing. I'm going to make a website called Simone is good at songs, actually. <laughs> um, and it's yes, going to have yes. like a beautiful, like, you know, one of those full screen, beautiful videos looping. And it's just going to be me singing so, so, so good. Right. You know what you're also good at, Simone? Um, transitioning to the people. next topic. Assassinating yeah. people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so Brie. Uh, and I believe Christina are the two people on this show, ironically, who do not work at gaming websites, <laughs> and yet they have obtained perhaps five to ten Xboxes between them. I'm not <laughs> sure where the final count stands. Uh, we're not going to talk about the PS5 today. Hopefully, we will be obtaining PS5s sometime this year. Um, we're we're staying tuned for the horrible yep. launch windows that sites like Walmart have open. Um, 
And we we need all of you listeners out there to wish us luck. I more fool me. I wasn't gonna get one, and now things have changed. So, <laughs> but the important thing is that one Christina Warren was extremely good at purchasing Xboxes, and we're gonna talk about him. Um, so I have not used either the Series S or the Series X, but Brie, you have the Series X mm-hmm. in your home right now. Yep. Tell us yep. your first impressions of this machine. Well, it's it's basically a bigger, a better Xbox One. And I think it's really important to say you can never really judge what a console is going to be on launch. If you remember the Switch's launch, they had nothing as far as games. It was a bunch of you know, retreaded uh, uh, Wii U games. Uh, and it, it wasn't that great. Today, I think there's a strong argument that the Switch is the best uh, video game system uh, that exists. But I can tell you what it's like today um it's a slightly faster xbox one that plays the same software uh that the graphical upgrades for it i am someone who does this kind of work i can barely perceive it and uh the only thing i really notice is slightly uh, faster load times. Uh, I will say uh, I was skeptical about Game Pass on the show when it first came out. And uh, now I looked at that with this console. Game Pass will basically let you get a slew of games from EA and Microsoft and their partners for $15 a month. It also includes Xbox Live so you can play with people online. It just seemed like a no-brainer. And uh, I've really been enjoying playing this massive back catalog uh, uh, on Xbox One. So uh, really the strongest arguments for it, I think at this point, are the load times and uh, and games pass, which I think is going to be a great answer for a lot of people. I'm happy to hear you come around the other way on Game Pass, because uh, yeah. I know you're somewhat skeptical of it. But yeah, I think one of the biggest and most interesting takeaways I've seen from people like Chris Plant writing for my own website of Polygon is like, Oh, wow. All of these games that either ran like butt on an older console like the 360 or were just they were fine for their time or even good for their time run incredibly on the Series X. And it's like, oh, this is this is fluid. This is beautiful. This is like it just feels better and more responsive. And I think I get I guess my takeaway as an observer is this kind of feels like the s (laughs) if this were the iphone it would be the s year as it were like we're not seeing these huge huge leaps forward um in in certain features but we are seeing a, a notable increase in performance and i think things like load times coming from a a person who has played games like control or any of the Assassin's Creed's like control on PS4 has grotesque load times. They have like go to the bath, put the put the controller down and go to the bathroom or make a mm-hmm. cup of tea load times. Um, and it's something that we as people who play AAA games have become really accustomed to. But the Xbox opens up a window to a new world. <laughs> Uh, and I, I think that's, it's not like the sexiest thing, but it's like, oh, that that's pretty cool, actually. I I do want to temper expectations here because I, I read Chris's piece. I'm, I'm normally a huge fan of 
his work, I felt like he was overselling that just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the game I played the most is Far Cry 5. Um, I've beaten every expansion. I've beaten the game twice. I love me some Far Cry. And it's true that the load times are faster there, but you're still waiting over a minute when you start the game and then if you fast travel to another area, instead of it being like, you know, 30 or 40 seconds, it's more like 15, which is, you know, it's a lot better, but it's not instant, at least mm-hmm. in my experience. Yeah. And I just I, I just want to set expectations with people if they're thinking about getting For this. sure. Yeah. Um, so I also have a have a Series um, X, and it didn't arrive until late last night. And I had work today, so I've I haven't been able to play it a ton. But I largely agree with with what Bree said. I do feel like you know, um, yes, it, there aren't new games, and that's the biggest disappointment with it. And obviously, there aren't a lot of new games for PlayStation. Uh, you know, but there's Spider Man, and and that's you know a, about it. But I'm looking forward to seeing some of the upgrades come. I'm in a weird position in that I bought dumbly um, a Xbox One X in (laughs) June because it was the cyberpunk themed one and I had to get it. So I was already like had improved graphics already. Right. And so, so, so that makes like the, the difference even, even less. I think if you're going from like the one S or the original one to the, the series X, you're going to notice a lot more things. I think if you're going from the one X, at least right now, the speed is the big thing you'll notice. Games do load faster. Uh, things seem snappier. Um, you know, they, they feel better, which is, I know, like a, a subjective thing to say, but they just do. But yeah, I mean, honestly, I think, you know, Bree is right. Temper some expectations, although I did find that the the quick resume feature being really, really nice because mm-hmm. I'm ADHD and that is the thing that is drives me crazy on the PlayStation, drives me crazy on the Xbox, you know, the fact that, like, if I want to switch to different games, all right, I might as well go get a snack or do something else or play on my iPad. And then by the time it loads, I've, like, forgotten what I wanted to play or do. So I, I do feel like that is a big improvement. Um, I think that, you know, both of the my, – my, and I haven't played the PlayStation 5 yet. So I, I'm, I'm just strictly going based on the reviews I've said. And I know we're going to wait to talk about that until Brie gets hers and uh, Simone and I uh, with well. love will have ours and be able to have more experiences. But my see you next takeaway, year, folks. <laughs> no, we're, we're going to find you one before then. But 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 my general kind of takeaway thing with both these is that it's kind of like for the for the foreseeable future, most of the experiences are going to be largely based on what games have existed in the past, and maybe there will be some upgrades. But it, and and some remasters that will add in new things, but it's largely going to be a retread of the last experience, at least for a few months, because games are just delayed. And so, to that extent, that does put Xbox in a little bit of a bad position, because obviously, PS PlayStation has more exclusives. The one upshot I would say, though, is, and I'm also glad to hear you come around on Game Pass, is that I do feel like Game Pass is one of those things where, okay, if you accept that we're just as the game industry in this weird place where we don't have a lot of new games, then it is a good time to revisit old ones. And if you can revisit your old games in up-res graphics that run better, that play better, that are a better experience and also is free, you know, so to speak, like you're, you're not having to pay for each game, you're paying the subscription, that has value. And so that's something to think about. But if you're somebody who is really committed to that list of, of 
you know, PlayStation exclusives and those are your favorite games. No, the Xbox is not going to magically, you know, fix that hole. Mm -hmm. I think something that's really interesting is usually when there's a generation, uh, a split, uh, you know, it's like you want to put PS1 around to play those games natively the way that they're made. They're supposed to be played. Same with PS2, same with PS3. I was trying to think through my entertainment center today and I can't come up with any reason to keep my Xbox one out because this plays literally everything from my account that that will ever Mm -hmm. play. And I just think that's, that's really weird for a difference in generation, you know? It is, but I also think, I mean, this is something that the Xbox team has worked really, really hard at over the years uh, is to improve backward compatibility and to make things as seamless as possible. And you even saw this back to some stuff they were doing on the 360, making, you know, backward compatibility support for the Xbox One. And the way they've been able to kind of do their emulation and do their other stuff has been really impressive to the point that over the years we've seen more and more games that were not originally backward compatible become backward compatible and in a way to your point where you don't really need to have that original console anymore. And I agree with you that it's weird, but I also feel like it's been done in a really good way. And I think that maybe sometimes we overlook that and we can be like, oh, well, what I'm playing is the same as what I had before, not realizing, no, actually, this does look better. This is a better experience. This is actually a superior experience than what I had before. Um, And I have, you know, the the new capabilities as well. Uh, So, I mean, and I've seen some head to head stuff between like the PS5 and the Xbox Series X. And at least on the, you know, games like Valhalla and some of the other stuff that is optimized for both, they're neck and neck. Like, if anything, you see higher frame rates sometimes on, on the Series X. In some cases, you see better things on the PS5. But, like, they they seem completely, like, evenly matched. Oh, so, cool. which, which is interesting, right? It, it's like the two companies have taken very different approaches to how they're doing the consoles. But if you look at the guts, they're basically very, very similar devices. I have seen some people saying on Twitter, and I think it's definitely worth checking out, uh, that it's a good idea to call your local hospital and see if they would take a console donation. Um, oh, especially since, really the, like like you said, the, the one is, bye-bye, last year's console. Um, and a lot of people have them, but it's definitely, uh, I think, worth looking into if you just want to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. So before before we uh, change topics, uh, Simone, I have to talk to you about Assassinationing Creed, the mm-hmm. game I've played the most so far. Um, so you know, I was a really big fan of Odyssey. I thought it was it was too big a world, but I really liked that combat loop. I liked the assassinating. I liked I I really liked uh, Cassandra as a character. And I'm curious what you think about Valhalla, because I have thoughts. Mm. So far, I am not as enamored with the story yet. Mm -hmm. Uh, I am about 16 hours into Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Uh, I really like Eivor as a character. I think that the, the fact that she's like a poet warrior is pretty cool. She's like definitely more laid back than Cassandra was, or not more laid back because Cassandra was super laid back, but Eivor is not a dirtbag like Cassandra was. <laughs> um, I like her a lot. I don't like the story as much so far. It's kind of taking 
it's time to grow on me. I think the world is gorgeous and the combat has definitely grown on me. I found it a lot really? slower than Odyssey at first, which I think it is in an intentional way. Like it just feels heavier and there's almost a notable like there there is uh, when you go to bring up your shield, the motion of Eivor bringing up the shield is not instantaneous like blocking is in Odyssey. It's it's a a, f- a motion that is accompanied by the button press rather than a button press response. Um, and that, that when I was previewing it this summer, caused me so much grief. Because <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I've played hundreds of hours in these games, and why am I so bad at this? Why am I suddenly <laughs> so bad at combat? Uh, it's because it took me a bit, because it turns out if you play 125 hours of something, and then you start to play something that's almost that's so similar, that uses almost the exact same controls, but not quite, you're going to have a problem. <laughs> God's greatest joke on me. Um, The combat has definitely grown on me, especially as I have filled out my ability tree. So much like uh, in Odyssey, Eivor can have different melee and ranged abilities. Um, and it's definitely, it it takes longer i think to fill out all four of your uh melee abilities and i i think i have all four now but i have not found a fifth one and i'm 16 hours in you know you you have like more and then you can swap them in and out um it took me a while to, (laughs) to fill out that whole thing um but now that i have them i'm kind of getting back in the same groove that i got into with super high level odyssey play where like building up the adrenaline meter and then doing a cool thing and then going back to building up the adrenaline meter but i think they've definitely taken some steps away from a character like cassandra who's basically a superhero in the context of odyssey and made things a little more difficult and a little more gritty and a little more grounded in terms of the combat so that those are my initial impressions of odyssey yeah I mean, and I see where you're coming from with that. I and I I don't want to like I I know you love Assassin's Creed in a way. I could never love Assassin's Creed and I want to respect that. I know no one feels the same way that I do or anything really honestly. Right. But it I I feel really strongly that this game is a big step down from Odyssey. I, I think Avor is a much worse character. Um I think they've I have not found a reason to need to stealth when taking over any bases or doing any missions. It feels like you can just run in, you know, tap RT, 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 stomp, RT, 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 and just take them on and and dodge every now and then. Um, The combat seems really, really easy. Um, The world, I feel like the, the Viking appeal of that world is just less than you know, myth, myth, you know, uh, mythical Greece and going around and, you know, killing Medusa and the Minotaur. Like that was awesome. Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. It doesn't have like the, the XP booster mechanic this time around, but, uh, I'm just, I'm really disappointed with it, to be honest. I'm so sorry to hear that. Yeah. I, I will say with, with combat, it genuinely is a choice of whether you, want to stealth or whether you want to run in because you are playing as a Viking. And I, from talking to the developers, 
that was their whole ethos. And, and, and this, is, I think, is a huge problem with the Assassin's Creed series is that there's a core group of people who will always be like, I want to play the old stealth games. And they, why has it changed? Why has it become an RPG? And they complained about that in Origins. They complained about it in Odyssey, that it wasn't enough of an Assassin's Creed game. Um, and with this one, you genuinely can play it either way. And I think that makes it obviously makes more sense to play it um, the melee way because you're playing as a Viking. I like the stealth. I'm that person. Um, <laughs> so like they brought back um, a lot of the mechanics from older games, like pulling up your hood and being able to blend into crowds and being able to like sit down in um, d- distrust areas to like do activities like if you see villagers sitting around a fire you can pull up your hood and sit down with them and then you won't draw the attention of guards um and that has been a way that i have infiltrated places where i'm like looking for treasure and stuff um i think the difference is that unlike say assassin's creed 2 where if you get caught doing that you're gonna get messed up uh, (laughs) because you're a viking (laughs) you can fight your way out and it's that's uh uh you don't have to go run around the corner and hide in a hay bale until the NPCs, after one minute of searching for you, decide that they don't remember you were there. <laughs> that doesn't happen. <laughs> um so yeah, I think I think you will find if you want to stealth, you can stealth. Um, but if you do run in the front door and attack everyone with your axe, you will have run in the front door and attacked everyone with your axe. I have a I have a question for you guys actually. Uh kind of backtracking a little bit. Uh because we are hunting PS5 orders tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I have not actually looked into whether I want the one with the disk drive or not. Do you have any knee-jerk reactions for me? Get the disk drive. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess you're right. I wouldn't have gotten the disk drive if it wasn't the only way I could get one. Wow, you you slander Christina Warren's gift to you. <laughs> I was gonna say. Well, I mean, it's 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 fine. I just I wouldn't pay the hundred dollars for it, uh, you know, if I didn't have to. So, yeah. um, I I I mean, like since we bought our house a year ago, um, I have all my PS5 discs unpacked and. I find I literally can't even be bothered to go into the retro room (laughs) and play them. So Yeah, no, that's a good point. I think the reason I was thinking, and I guess in my case, I certainly wouldn't need it because I do have multiple Xboxes, which will play Blu-ray discs. So I don't even need it for that regard. But I have a number of PS4 games that I have on disc that I don't want to rebuy. Um, and, and I do sometimes like buying like BOGO deals and, and getting stuff on sale. I mean, I, I much prefer to have everything digital, but I don't know. I guess it is safer as you're putting it like that. It's a hundred dollars. They're really overcharging. Yeah. Yeah. They totally are overcharging. I mean, I made this argument before. Sony clearly wanted to sell this thing without a disk drive. They didn't want to include it in it. Cowards. Completely, honestly, like to me, the do it or don't. Like I think that having, I, th- I think that it's kind of lame to have have the differentiation this way. Uh, I don't know. Um, like, and it would be one thing if they would do pack in games and stuff that weren't physical, and maybe Sony will do that. I mean, that was actually the one nice thing about the Cyberpunk bundle was that 
when Cyberpunk finally comes out, it was a digital copy that was like already a- assigned to that console. And then I just logged in with my Xbox ID and now it's in my library. Just that's pretty waiting cool. <laughs> to be released someday. Like, and that's how, how they should <laughs> yeah, do again, it. Again, we'll see you next year. <laughs> exactly. No joke, right? But, but you know, but like when I got my PS4 Slim or whatever, you know, like it came with Spider-Man and it like came with a disc. And it's like, okay, well, when I get a PS5, the only way I can play Spider-Man is if I buy the Ultimate Edition, you know, if I didn't have a disc version, right? Mm-hmm. Like that would be the only thing I could do. I'd have to, I wouldn't be able to play, you know, a game I already own. And I have some other you know, PS4 games that I bought, you know, on sale and stuff or, or or used or whatever too. So I don't know. I mean, it's a hundred bucks. I would say get whatever you can, but more than likely I'm guessing it'll be easier to get a disc one. But I'll okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna be out on the lookout for any one I can get for you, Simone. Um I will, yeah, I'll take anything. I guess beggars can't be choosers here, I say, as I prepare to purchase a $600 console. Let's move into dessert. <laughs> I would like to say, I mean, we're being a little bit like presumptive, but I would like to say that uh, because it hasn't arrived at Bree's house yet, although it has shipped and um, she did get her gift cards. But Ant Online, who everybody on the Internet wanted to hate on, Ant Online came through. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you talk about Everybody that in your what Walmart. you're doing? The ones this I will. Week. I will. Yes, I will. So let's do a dessert. Oh my god, this is so good. Brie, so why good. don't you take this? I'll, I'll let you l- have a little oh, fun. Oh my god. Okay. Okay. We're not a political podcast, but we there say was a every time we talk of, about politics. But but this was times a month. this was ha! so entertaining. This is. Well, usually when we do politics, it's like more tech adjacent rather than just purely politics. But this was just Twitter popcorn and everybody had fun with this. So we want to talk about this. So uh, as Trump was contesting the uh, the election results, uh, we got a, uh, a notice, the media did, from the world's greatest lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, <laughs> that they were going to be First having a press name. conference. Yes, yes. <laughs> To, to basically contest the, uh, to basically talk about how Trump was uh, contesting the results as it was coming out in uh, Pennsylvania. So uh, Trump puts out this really bold tweet about to have a press conference at Four Seasons. And then we get an update just a few minutes later. It goes, update, Four Seasons total landscaping. So, so then the Four Seasons Hotel in Philadelphia You know, Four Seasons, the very, very nice hotel, puts out a Twitter statement saying, hey, uh, we have nothing to do with Trump. It's not going to be here. Uh, They are having this at Four Seasons Total Landscaping, which is not affiliated with us at all. So then we get this beautiful press conference at at Four Seasons Total Landscaping, which is across the street from a crematorium and an adult bookstore (laughs) and in a parking lot. Of, of a shed that is the paint is peeling off it. So this low rent parking lot. <laughs> and they put up they put up signs there. And Rudy Giuliani, the moment that he heard that Fox News, CNN, and everyone else called it for Joe Biden, he was standing in the parking lot of four seasons total landscaping. And Twitter has gone nuts 
for it's days wonderful. trying to figure this out. It's beautiful. And thank because goodness. it's like, how did it happen? How did it happen? Oh, and my favorite part is they're lying. They are blatantly lying. They're like, oh, no, of course it was always are. our, no, it was our, it was always our intention. This is where everybody in Philadelphia goes to get their lawn stuff done. This is what we wanted because this was in a more, this was in a more working class part of the, of the thing. B.S. That is yep. a bald faced lie. I don't care who's saying that. And also, you know that if it was anybody who was higher on the totem pole than Rudy, they would have they would have found another hotel and like rescheduled. <laughs> but this just shows, I think, for how little they care about Rudy. Like Trump was off playing golf, like, you know, like ignoring reality. And they were just like, all right, it's just Rudy. <laughs> Fine. We'll just Whatever. do it outside this place. So good. My uh, coworker, Jeff, posted a picture. Uh, he lives in Philadelphia and he looked it up on Google Maps and Four Seasons Hotel is, of course, like right next to the convention center. Uh, it's right in the middle of town. And Four Seasons Total Landscaping is like 30 minutes away on the highway. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even in central Philadelphia. Um, I'm, I think my favorite part of this was that it, it narrowly, like for a while, it was flying under the radar because there was so much freaking stuff happening this weekend. And then everyone was like, wait, can we go back to that? Hang on. <laughs> Landscaping? Um, and then the memes flew fast and furious. And it was a, a wonderful moment. Like, oh, um, I, even me, even I, who am generally like a little too high strung to enjoy the good political japes of my friends and colleagues on Twitter.com. This was a good moment for me. I enjoyed this. It's so silly. I couldn't agree more. The best part is one of the things that furries have done. Yes. Oh, my week. God. This yes. The so VR beautiful. furries. Oh, this is so the good. furries have created a VR representation of the total, Four Seasons Total Landscaping parking lot. They put up the uh, the Trump signs in the background and furries are congregating and meeting and doing what furries do in the Four Seasons Total, total Landscaping VR parking lot. So God bless America. God bless. God bless the furries. You are amazing. Couldn't have said it better myself. Yes. All right, Brie, uh, what are you doing this week? Now that uh, you, I'm gonna, you've had I, your I was thinking, <laughs> I was thinking I would try to sleep. Whoa. Just at some point. Whoa. Uh, I, from my point of view, it's like I went for a marathon, uh, throwing Rebellion Pack together and working this election in five months. And then the election ended up taking another week, which was extremely stressful. And then my father-in-law died. So I was literally with him as he was dying on Monday. And then I had to come back and get right back to work. Life has so not my been Apple, kind to you this week. It is not. And my Apple Watch sleep schedule, it's just, you turn it on and read it, it's just ass. That's all it's <laughs> ass right now. So Every time uh, you look at your Apple Watch, it starts screaming. Yeah, it's just ass. Uh, because, of course, I'm going to be in uh, Christina's home state for most of the next two months uh, winning the Senate there. So um, I'm going to try to sleep and then I'm going to go build up a ground team in Georgia to register a bunch of voters. All right. Thank you for continuing the good work. <laughs> Christina, what are you up to? 
Indeed. And for and I should just say again, yeah, we're not a political podcast, she says, as she's about to be political. <laughs> I'm gonna say that every time we do this now. <laughs> I know it's hilarious. No, but but I'm I I am weirdly proud of Georgia. Uh, and uh, I, I'm happy that Gwinnett County uh, did not embarrass me. So go for that. But no, this week. So my birthday is Thursday. Yay. And it, this is a big birthday week. New Xboxes, new PlayStations. My iPhone Pro, my iPhone 12 Pro Max comes on Friday. Uh, big Sur, which I'm nominally excited about, but don't really care that much about, is, is out. Uh, so I, I'm going to be spending a lot of time like playing with, stuff I've spent tremendous amounts of money on and also trying to spend more tremendous amounts of money uh, for Simone and myself so that we can get PlayStation 5s. <laughs> so tell it, tell us about Ant Online, because that's what you used to order the Xboxes and uh, Brianna's PS5, right? Yeah, well, I I'd got an Xbox from it before. I actually was able to get Xboxes through Amazon and uh, uh, the Microsoft Store, um, and and the extra Xbox I got went to Jeremiah. But Ant Online, I guess it's apparently like Atlanta Online or, or, or Atlanta Tech thing. I don't even know. They apparently have a really big eBay business. Um, they are a, a a certified you know retailer, but a lot of people were like. They seem sus. This seems sketch. Their reviews are all terrible. <laughs> you actually look at their Trustpilot scores. It's a lot of people who are mad about BS that is not like the company's fault. Regardless, they had a bundle, which was actually a good deal. It was like three games, an extra controller, some other stuff, the PS5. And um, so I got that for Brie. They they uh, became available a couple days after pre-orders went live. I guess they had some cancellations or whatever. And I happened to see Wario64's tweet at like 1 o'clock in the morning. And so I bought it for Brie. And they've already they, they already shipped. Uh, Brie already got her gift cards because one of the games is delayed. And so they were just like, okay, we'll give you $70 in PlayStation gift cards instead. Which <laughs> okay. I was like, no, don't, please don't cancel my pre-order for this game. I didn't want. Exactly. <laughs> it, was, it was like destructoid. No. It was like the game that no one wanted. And so, uh, it, you know, ironically, I think like it's better like GameStop, which has been a cluster from everything I've read. They first were like, oh, well, we'll just refund you the cash, which would be great. But now they're like, no, we'll just ship the stuff we have. And then we'll ship the game once we get it. And like, <laughs> It's like, I'd rather not, I'd rather have the gift card. Um, anyway, they, knock on wood, seem to have come through. And so I'm going to be trying for them, hopefully tomorrow, or Target or some other places. The irony here is that Brie is almost certainly going to get her PS5 before Topher, the the 15-year-old who I oh. got the PS5 for <laughs> from Target, because Target does not ship consoles until like the day they come out i was gonna so, say yeah why are you i've heard nothing but bad things about how target has handled this why are you going back to that well well because now they'll have them in store pickup so if they go on sale tonight so this is the thing i'll send you a link after we get off the phone simone but you can find out what targets near you how much stock they have and you'll be able to buy online and pick up in the store. So if, mm. you know, the one in uh, in Atlantic uh, Station has it, for instance, you could go pick it up. And there are a couple near me, one really close by that's supposed to get 74 in stock. So if that has it, then I could just buy it and then pick it up. That's the only reason I would use Target. Okay. They're, um, I, otherwise... I mean, I think they're fine. And like, that's where I got my PS4 um, Slim Bundle day after Thanksgiving, uh, you know, a few years ago. And that was a, a, a fine experience. The one thing I will say for anyone who's listening, when you pre-order anything from Target, 
they are unlike most other retailers and that they do not ship it so that you get it on release date. Instead, they ship it the day that it's released. And this this is at least my experience with many, many, many Taylor Swift purchases over the years. And so uh, because she has like a, a thing with them and from everything I've been reading from other people who've done stuff, that's just their MO. Whereas mm-hmm. Amazon, Walmart, Best Buy, even Ant Online uh, will all do the thing where they ship the day it, uh, you know, um, they will ship so that it arrives on release day. I immediately need to go because Blaseball started a live stream Q&A. So I have places <laughs> to be. Um, thank you, Christina, for educating me. I will take those links uh, and I will have your back tomorrow. Uh, hopefully I can I can do you proud and we will get ourselves some PS5s. Um, okay. And that's what I'm doing this week. <laughs> Sweating as I attempt to buy technology. Um, oh, I am waiting on my iPad Air. Uh, listeners last week will know that I finally Yay. actually bought the green iPad Air. I And I also got the Magic Keyboard with it. And um, due to conversations I had with my financial advisor and Christina Warren and Brianna Wu, <laughs> I also got the friggin' Apple card that I Woo-hoo. swore, I believe I am on record, finding it creepy in a past you episode. Um, well... Turns out I am uh, swayed. <laughs> I You're was a swayed because they, I, I wanted to do monthly payments, and they were like, "You can do it if you open an Apple Card." And I was like, "But uh, okay." And now I have seventy five dollars of cash. I I guess it came from the purchases that I made, um, mm-hmm. which is cool, I guess. Uh, and oh my god, can I pay for Apple Arcade with my Apple Card? You sure can. I'm going to get so much freaking cash and then I'm going to use it to buy an Apple Pencil. Exactly. Not only can you pay for it, but you'll get 3% cash back when you pay for it. Yeah. I'm going to save up. I'm literally going to spend money on Apple Arcade until I save up enough money for an Apple Pencil and then I'm going to buy an Apple Pencil. Okay. So that's what I'm doing this week. I am being <laughs> being a little for Apple as usual. <laughs> um, And thank you so much for listening to this show and me you can find on twitter at doom quasar and my videos at youtube.com slash polygon brianna what about you uh i'm sorry what's the question where can we find you online where can you find me online that would be twitter.com uh for brianna Wu. and if you want to help me win georgia you can do that by going to help the okay christina where can we find you online you can find me at film underscore girl on the Twitters and the Instagrams. And you can find the videos that I do at work at youtube.com slash Microsoft developer. And you can listen to the latest uh, penultimate episode of the podcast Ooh. I did with uh, T uh, with T brand studios and Verizon. Uh, this week's episodes about music. Uh, it's called um, uh, 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 network, the 5g future, wherever you get your podcasts. And you can review this podcast on Apple podcasts and we super appreciate it. If you do, thank you so much for listening. This episode of Rocket is terminated. 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 <laughs>